It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, Decal and the Technical College System of Georgia have received a $150,000 grant from the Aspen Institute to increase economic mobility and well-being for students who are parents. Decal and TCSG were among six public entities selected for the Aspen Policy Acceleration Partnership. And Commissioner, we're partnering with 2Gen Georgia in these efforts. We are. We're really excited to continue our focus and our work around 2Gen and can't think of a better partner than TCSG. And joining us today to talk about the Aspen Policy Acceleration Partnership is Donna Johnson, Family Support Director for Development and Partnerships with Georgia's CAPS program here at DECAL. And Kiana Good is Assistant Commissioner for Adult Education with TCSG, the Technical College System of Georgia. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. So happy to be here as well. Well, we're happy to have you guys. This is exciting news, and it's taken us uh, a minute to get you guys on the podcast because of all the multimedia attention and (laughs) and, uh, the red carpet uh, walks and um, special appearances, (laughs) but we're glad to have you here today. Um, Donna, this is not the first time DECAL and TCSG have worked together. We've been working on two gen initiatives uh, initiatives now for, uh, for a few years, right? Yes, that's true. Um, We are excited about our partnership with TCSG. Uh, When we received um, our grant uh, to start our 2Gen work in 2016, our PACT grant, um, we started to partner with TCSG after one of our meetings. Um, We realized that there was uh, great areas of alignment between the work that we were doing, and we shared um, frontline staff that were doing similar work. So we capitalized on the opportunity and started meeting with their staff who were doing the same similar work as family support consultants um, and started meeting, engaging, partnering, presenting together. And uh, it has grown and we're excited um, about continuing that partnership um, in a more focused way. So, Kiana, how do you see the partnership with DECAL and TCSG, and why is it so important from your perspective? Sure. We are very fortunate to have a long history of collaboration and shared goals of educating Georgians. From our infants all the way throughout adulthood, our birth to work, if you will. Our ability to successfully partner allows us to further craft policy solutions to ensure that we're addressing barriers for kids and their caregivers in real time. So Donna, explain to our listeners what Aspen Institute uh, is all about and, and what is uh, that relationship with uh, with us? Yes, yeah, so um, um, Ascend at the Aspen Institute is a hub for ideas and collaborations. Um, they use a two-gen approach um, and they analyze their work through gender and racial equity to support children and their parents 
toward educational success and economic security. Uh, we have partnered with them. We've received TA from them. Um, in addition, I serve currently serve um, on, as a national advisor, and um, it's been a very good relationship in helping to guide our work and helping to just make certain that we are um, staying true to the two-gen focus and, and, and really, you know, using a, a broader lens to do our work. They've really been a good partner um, with us. And I think we're lucky to kind of have them as our partner to help yeah. inform us. And I would say that um, Georgia is definitely considered a leader in this, even though we're, we've got a lot of work to do. But um, through our work over the past couple of years, um, they've been a great partner and consider us one of the leading states in this work. So that's very exciting. Yes, it is. Um, it is. And Madonna. Yes, yes. <laughs> so the Aspen Policy Acceleration Partnership, uh, that is a mouthful, is designed to support cities, counties, and states in assisting students who are parents. This is the 18-month grant of $150,000. Uh, talk about, did we apply and how were we selected? Wow. Okay. So um, as I shared, um, and, and as you shared, we have been um, engaged with um, Ascend um, for several years. And interestingly enough, um, I guess our work is, is not just being um, spotlighted with Ascend. It's also uh, getting a lot of attention throughout the state and in other communities. Um, Ascend really wanted to ensure that the work continued and thought about how we could partner in other ways. So um, they reached out to the Liz Blake Foundation and shared with them some of the amazing things that, were ha that are happening um, in, at DECAL and in particular our partnership with TCSG. Uh, Liz Blake she was uh, she was amazed at some of the things that were happening. We had several opportunities to meet with her and she and her team decided that they wanted to continue to fund our work uh, because they saw it as a great opportunity to um, really support families and their children and, you know, in a way that really aligned with their work. Um, the um, grant initially was supposed to have three um, participants or grantees, uh, but because of uh, the generosity of Liz Blake and, and her team, we are now a part of the cohort. Uh, and it's really exciting to see that, you know, other people are, are taking uh, a look at what we're doing and seeing the value. Yeah. You know, I guess we should mention the other recipients uh, across the country are City of Long Beach, California, uh, Colorado Community College System, the Minnesota Office of Higher Education, Pennsylvania Department of Human Services, and Rhode Island Department of Human Services. Of course, we think DECAL and TCSG are by far the best, but... It's nice to be in good company. Oh, Red, uh, don't friends. get us in trouble with our partners. <laughs> <laughs> it's but just great agree. to be, uh, <laughs> right. I'm going I'm to do the old award show thing. It's just an honor to be nominated, but to be in their company yes. is, uh, is even better. So let's talk a little bit about how we're going to use these funds. Now, I understand we're working with high school student parents in career academies in Atlanta public schools and Cobb County schools to encourage them to continue their education. And then we're also bridging uh, student parents from Chattahoochee Tech, Atlanta Tech, Wiregrass Tech, over to the University System of Georgia and uh, programs where they can continue their education at Kennesaw State, Clayton State, and Valdosta 
uh, state. Donna and um, Kiana, talk a little bit about that. It sounds like a very innovative uh, program. Within our adult education programs, we have a number of working single parents. Um, They work often in shift positions. They raise children, they study, and they have the same goals and expectations as most of us. They wanna better provide for their families. But it's really hard because they're also worried about rising housing costs, food security, and access to quality childcare. Most people don't know that 61% of single mothers without a high school diploma live in poverty. Though still high, poverty rates are reduced when they have higher education levels. In fact, poverty rates for single parents with associate degrees are half the rate for those who have a high school degree. So we know that it's important, particularly now with so many jobs becoming increasingly automated, that we're preparing our student parents to be successful and to to move into careers that have a family sustaining wage. But we know that to accomplish that, our student parents need a lot of supports, both policy and practical, to allow them to successfully navigate education, going all the way through, um, while at the same time navigating family, work, and of course, other commitments. Yeah, Um, I agree. Um, You know, it's so important for us to support our families. And, you know, one of the things we have learned throughout this process is um, often our families experience barriers that, um, you know, outside of trying to navigate, navigate their educational um, space and work, um, it's, they, they often need access to other resources. So one of the things this grant will do is to help Um, us to improve and strengthen our coordination process across childcare, post-secondary, and state benefit programs. So we will, um, you know, be working with additional partners, um, many of those that you've shared, Reg, but we'll talk to and engage with our partners uh, within the SNAP program, TANF, WIC, um, WIOA, and we're fortunate that WIOA sits at TCSG, so we already have this uh, alignment there and these great opportunities. Um, the goal for our time together will be um, to better align our programs and initiatives. And, you know, I, I, I'm so excited that um, another key aspect of this is that we're starting early. So um, when Kiana talked about engaging um, our the career academies in Atlanta Public Schools and Cobb County Schools, it helps us to set the stage that we recognize that these challenges um, are generational and they start early. So why not start when we have parents who are attending high school and they need assistance? Um, I, I think that is is an amazing step. And then the other really, really part, big part that's uh, close to my heart is the conversation will not just happen Um, across state agencies and across um, within our our circle. We will be engaging parents in the conversations. Parents will have a seat at the table. Um, One of the the sayings I've heard um, throughout my time in this two-generational space is parents don't want to be an item on the menu. 
they want to be at the table to help make the selections. And I think that's amazing that we are going to engage them. So they will be in the conversations. They will help um, inform uh, policies and practices so that we know what they see as barriers or where they need assistance versus the state agencies and our, you know, my, my colleagues, um, making decisions that are not well-informed. So I'm excited about this piece of the work um, because you know how I feel about families. I think they need to have a voice. So So let me me ask this real quick, and this is the curveball question I'm always famous for uh, that we didn't talk about before we started recording. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Donna, you're talking about this cross-agency thing and, and, and working across all these different entities. Is that how we can identify um, students at such a young age. I'm just wondering how we can intervene. You know, we, we can't do what we don't know. And so how does that work? Yes, yes. And I'll definitely let um, Kiana chime in on this because this piece was definitely a, a, a part that she felt very passionate about. Um, but one of the things that is important in this is with the engaging our young students early, our young parents early, um, we're able to um, utilize, um, I guess, our resources within these career academies. But in addition to that, the parents who will serve as a part of these committees and these um, community 2Gen teams will be parents who are currently participating mm. within our programs. So they will either be at TCSG or receiving childcare or SNAP away. You know, we need to know that we're hearing from uh, having lived experience, not just, well, I think as a parent, no, I'm living it. And I'm going to share with you what it is that um, I experience and the barriers that I encounter. So um, Kiana, if you'd like to share more, please do. Sure. So when I think about this particular grant, um, and I think we actually wrote this into our grant application, there is no wrong door. Um, So for Mm -hmm. our students who are in our adult education programs, at intake and orientation, the very first question that we're gonna ask them is, do you have quality access to quality childcare? If not, we wanna help you um, because we know that that can be a barrier for you um, successfully completing our program. Uh, conversely, we're hopeful that when students um, are very young students are enrolled in, in childcare facilities, that's a question that their parents are being asked. Were you able to complete your high school uh, career? And if not, here's an opportunity for you to participate in free and flexible classes through Mm. TCSG. That's great. Yeah, agree with all of that, uh, Donna and Kiana. So Kiana, I want to talk a little bit about helping student parents in Georgia, since this is what this grant is all about. So what do we know about this population based on enrollment? What are some of the unique needs for these student parents versus your traditional college student, you know, who may be 18 to 21 years old? And what are some of the barriers that these students, student parents face? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll share one other part to that is um, we were, att- I was attending a um, conference that uh, workforce was having a, a TCSG had last year. And there was a message that resonated with me. And it is that many of our student parents, um, you know, many of them who are working 
they are underemployed. And, you know, when I don't know why that just really stuck with me, but when I thought about it, that's the population that CAPS, the child care subsidy program really supports is parents who are underemployed. It's not that they're not working. They are, they're either working or in school. That's a requirement for eligibility, Mm -hmm. but they're not making enough money in order to reach a a place of self-sufficiency. One of the goals for CAPS is for families to not need us. We want them to not need us. There is nothing more exciting than a family to call and say, well, Thank you for caps, but I don't need it anymore. I I can pay for my childcare. It's like, look, that means something wonderful has happened. And I think that's another beautiful thing about this partnership. Sure. So, Amy, as we we just discussed, our parents work. Um, During the pandemic, I think um, the the term that we frequently used are they've been essential workers. They've been the cashiers. They've been the custodial workers. They've been the warehouse workers, ensuring that you know, our economy still moves forward. Um, but they have ha- struggled mightily um, with childcare. They've struggled mightily with K-12 education for their children um, and they have needed supports. Um, unfortunately, those supports have included um, you know, needing food. Uh, those supports have included uh, needing access to technology. Um, and those supports have also meant that they've oftentimes needed uh, an instructor or a coach or or someone in their corner who said, you know, don't forget about your education. Uh, We need you to prioritize coming to, and and we we will be flexible with you. Uh, We know that our student parents uh, have a fire in their belly. They can envision a better future, Um, but we also know that it's, it's a lengthy process. Um, and those supports are critical to them being able to be successful. So we kind of touched on the, some of the things we're doing right now for student parents in Georgia. H- how do we hope this grant will help expand those efforts? So I'm going to chime in first, if that's okay, Donna uh, and Amy. Yes, go ahead. Sure, certainly. So um, within our adult education programs, frequently in the past, we have had to refer students who were in need of supports, whether those were um, access to child care or signing them up for uh, TANF or, or other benefits. Um, one of the really exciting aspects of this grant is we will be trained so that we can sign our students up on site. Uh, which is incredibly helpful because that's that's one less place they have to go. Um, which of course, time is time is literally money for our parents, our student parents. Uh, so we're we're excited about being able to offer that in house. Yeah, that that is a really nice aspect of that of of the grant. Um, what um, Kiana is speaking speaking of is um, Gateway has a community partnership program, and we will train um, frontline staff um, to be able to navigate the Gateway system and submit applications on behalf of families. Um, in addition to that, you you mentioned about um, coaching. Um, we will use the family-centered coaching approach. We will train our staff um, on on how to coach families so that we are not um, telling them what to do, but we are helping them 
giving them the support they need in order to reach whatever goals they set. Um, so that that is really exciting. And then another really key aspect of this um, is we will uh, be using or implementing a resource and referral portal. Um, the resource and referral portal is key in, in several ways. One in particular, it will be a place where staff who have all these amazing resources on their desk in a notebook can put them into one central portal where families can search, we can search, we can send it. Um, but in addition to this, the piece that is so unique about it is we will have a, a, the ability to refer families. Um, refer families not only to our partner agencies and, and um, across systems, so CAPS will be able to refer to TCSG and vice versa, but something else that I think um, was really a spotlight for Kiana, and you can share more about this, is uh, the ability to refer internally and to USG, so um, just some really exciting things that are happening. All very exciting, and uh, the progress we're going to make is going to make a big difference, um, I think, for student parents. So let's talk about the timeline. So what is the timeline uh, for conducting this work over the next year and a half? Oh, wow. So, yeah, this is the fun part, the timeline, uh, and it has started. Uh, so within, <laughs> within the next uh, couple of weeks, we will start with uh, bringing together our partners and engaging them in conversations and letting them, you know, setting clear expectations, letting everyone know what their roles are. Um, and then the work truly begins from there. Um, we will establish um, community uh, two-gen teams, um, and those two-gen teams will be comprised of uh, community leaders who have representation within our state um, two-gen um, space, our leadership team. So um, we will have meetings over the next 12, 18 months, or well, I guess not 18 months now, we're a little past that at this point, sorry, uh, but um, we will have meetings and then it will culminate with a summit at the very end where we will bring together all of our partners, invite others who have an interest into Jen, and then um, offer the opportunity for them to uh, learn about what our outcomes are and how they can be engaged. That's great. Very exciting stuff going on. And, you know, I've often heard that for any community effort or statewide effort to be successful, you have to connect the dots. And I remember early on when we started talking about the relationship with TCSG and CAPS, it just made sense. It's connecting the dots uh, between two very key organizations that can make a difference with uh, helping uh, particularly student parents uh, looking at barriers and, and fortunately working together, we can remove those barriers in many ways uh, so that they can see a whole different future. Uh, ahead of them. So that's that's very exciting. Um, Kiana, we talk with all of our partners about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on your agency, on TCSG. How are things going? How have you guys been doing through this uh, process? Sure. So at TCSG, our primary concern has always been the health and safety of our students, our faculty, and staff. Um, we moved a significant number of our programs online and we held limited lab sessions for programs that just 
flat out require hands-on training. Um, we passed out laptops and hotspots, uh, and we've done everything that we can to ensure that we are supporting our students. Um, we are extremely grateful that our students and our staff have been incredibly flexible as we've all had to navigate this, you know, very unusual time in our collective history. Uh, we couldn't have had the success that we've had over the last year without sort of that collective cooperation. Um, as we recover, though, from the, the pandemic, our TCSG providers continue to play a vital role in training the workforce. Um, I know in adult education, we are looking forward to enrolling more students in our high school equivalency and English language proficiency classes. But of course, we don't want our students to stop there. Uh, our technical colleges remain poised to assist students in furthering their education by enrolling in our affordable programs at the certificate, diploma, and associate's degree level. And I know you guys are always uh, a few steps ahead of the rest of us when it comes to the emerging popular jobs and industries in Georgia. You're trying to prepare students to be ready for that. Uh, put you on the spot here, but what are what are some of the the emerging industries now? The the jobs that that young people are looking for and and that businesses need. Sure. So um, I'm very excited because we just received a a rather large grant, a four million dollar grant um, from the U.S. Department of Education um, and the U.S. Department of Labor uh, for us to do just that to explore innovative new technologies, specifically with manufacturing and healthcare. Don, if someone's listening and wants to learn more about 2Gen and assistance for student parents, where can they go? Okay. So first of all, if you want to learn more about the 2Gen approach, um, you can go to ascend.aspeninstitute.org. And it really, um, you'll find lots of information, guidance documents, but just a real nice um, framework for the 2Gen approach. Um, in addition to that, if you're looking for assistance for childcare uh, and how you can benefit from this amazing work, you can go to the CAPS website, which is caps.decal.ga.gov. All right. Great discussion. Ladies, congratulations, first and foremost, on receiving this grant. We know these aren't easy. There's a lot of uh, late night hours that go into uh, just writing these grants. I know uh, our team here at DECAL writes a lot of grants, and um, you don't want to talk to them on the morning after uh, one is due because... <laughs> There are a lot of headaches, and uh, they, you really want to give them a little space uh, at that point. But uh, this is great, and I am especially looking forward to hearing, Donna, as you mentioned, real-world examples of you know, some of the barriers that student parents are, are facing. And this is, this is going to be much more than anecdotal. This is pretty hard data right here that we can yes. deal with. And uh, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to, to, to be able to step into the life of a young person who may be looking at some circumstances that look a little insurmountable and to step alongside them, come alongside them and show them that it's really not, uh, that it, uh, uh, we can help them in these circumstances. Yes, you're right. We're looking forward to uh, having those opportunities. All right. We look forward to hearing the stories. Uh, Kiana and Donna, thanks so much for being with us.
Now this decal download vaccine update, effective March 8th, all pre-K teachers, child care teachers, and child care staff in programs with a license or exemption from decal are eligible for COVID-19 vaccines. Of course, you know, in addition to that, Georgia eligibility is now open for everyone 16 years of age and older for the COVID vaccine. Uh, A reminder that Pfizer is the only COVID vaccine currently approved for children ages 16 and older. And uh, Commissioner, what are we hearing from the child care workforce in terms of finding vaccines and uh, getting vaccinated? You know, I think at first it was um, probably a little bit more difficult just because everyone was running to get appointments. Um, But now I think um, everyone's getting used to the system and figuring out all the different options uh, to get that vaccine. I think more opportunities have opened up for that. And so I think really on our end, it's more positive than anything. They're still sending us their pictures with, you know, they're excited that they've finally gotten either that first or their second vaccine. Um, I'm going to bring my picture when I go get my Krispy Kreme donut. Like that's what I'm most excited about because I understand Krispy Kreme will give you once you're fully vaccinated, a donut one a day because you're vaccinated till the end of the year. And so I might take advantage of that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they don't know who they're playing with here, do they? You're going to go by, you're going to be in the drive-thru. Taking my vaccine card to get my donut. <laughs> Every day. Well, you know, I, I know folks are trying to keep up with everything that's happening um, with the vaccines. We'll probably come back and do another podcast about them with our friends at the Department of Public Health. But if you want more information uh, about the eligibility and locations, you can go to DPH dot georgia.gov slash covid dash vaccine uh, for more information. And as you say, back on March 17th, they opened uh, really a total of nine state mass vaccination sites. They're now operational. And of course, you've got on top of that your local pharmacies, um, the health departments, um, plenty of uh, places where you can go. And I think at one point now it's, it's looking better in Metro Atlanta, but at one point, a lot of folks were saying, uh, at least the folks online that um, I've been following, if you go South, uh, it's plentiful, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. But I think I, I feel like I'm hearing Mercedes Benz is opening more appointments and go there. Free yeah. parking. Yeah, exactly. And they're saying that it runs uh, amazingly well and that the the energy level there, the volunteers is is really strong. I think it might be kind of cool to say I got vaccinated inside Mercedes Benz. Yeah, absolutely. I can't believe you didn't do that. (laughs) Well, you know, I found a a closer in a a little small town Buckhead pharmacy. And uh, now here's a little interesting news. I got the Johnson and Johnson with no side effects. But as you know, uh, there are some concerns because there have been at least six cases where there've been some blood clots associated with that. Um, I had not had anything like that. I I definitely had uh, the sore arm and the, um, you know, the chills and what felt like a slight fever the night of, but I was fine, you know, within, uh, within a day or so. They say if your body is, is doing that, it shows that it's working. So right. I'm going to, I'm going to go with that Yeah, agree. <laughs> as a positive. So um, put you on the spot. Where do you stand on, on getting your vaccine? 
you know, I will uh, I very soon will be fully vaccinated and um, we'll show you that with my Krispy Kreme donut. So don't <laughs> so um, watch this space, <laughs> not for my picture with my vaccine card, but with my Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know, you know, we were, everybody around the office would talk about, well, have you gotten your vaccine? And, yeah. and uh, I asked the commissioner one day and she reminded me that she was not yet age eligible yep. to receive the vaccine, even though I was. And so, you know. Uh, you you got to do it when you can. And so we've yes. reached the point now, 16 and over, That's right. uh, everybody eligible. So it's great for you to go and do that. You can register for a vaccine uh, at any of those nine mass vaccination sites by visiting my vaccine, Georgia, spell it out, G-E-O-R-G-I-A uh, dot com. And uh, I think we covered before that, um, you know, if you're with, uh, early childhood, a teacher, staff, whatever, you don't have to have any proof of occupation uh, or employment, especially now because it's 16. It's an all skate now, That's ladies and gentlemen. Right. That's right. <laughs> so come on and let's get it done. Get the vaccine as soon as possible. Uh, and uh, I guess overall, really, when we're looking specifically at early childhood education, it's going to help us get back to normal more quickly, don't you think? Yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, our numbers in Georgia are looking really good. Everything's kind of trending downward. The governor's already made some decisions with his latest executive order where it relaxes most of the COVID restrictions. There's still a few things in place as it relates specifically to childcare, but uh, April 30th, all that expires. And so we'll see um, what his plan is. Um, I would anticipate um, that he'll probably continue to relax those as long as we're going in the right direction. Yeah. So vaccines are really important. Along those lines, two things that are coming up in our social media discussion online. Uh, one is we're still doing temperature checks at the door and uh, discouraging the families going back to the classroom. Is that right? That's right. right. So families are still not allowed uh, in the building or in the classroom. You know, that's the decision, whether it's the building or the classroom, right? So they're still not allowed um, just to limit, you know, exposure of different folks, um, but again, we'll see if that changes um, April 30th when we'll expect to see another update from the governor. And the other big question, field trips. Yeah, I know that's a big question, especially as programs start to plan for summer because kids want to go on field trips. Uh, field trips are still prohibited, um, again, that we know through April 30th. Um, and so we will wait to see if that changes uh, when the governor gives us an update on that. I'm sure we'll see something in the next week or two on that. But yeah, I get, I understand they're antsy. They want to know, and I don't blame them, but they want to make sure that we do it safely. And then the the follow-up to that is the in-class uh, field trips or or visitors from outside. And that's even discouraged because again, that's someone not normally attending the class uh, not the regular teacher that's there every day, not the administrators and staff that are there every day, someone new. And it's just too risky at this point. Right. Uh, but we're looking forward to welcoming them back because I know that's always a big uh, plus. Yeah, absolutely. That would be considered an unnecessary visitor. Um, and so, yeah, we're um, still not allowing unnecessary visitors. Um, but hopefully, you know, we'll see in the next very, very soon that will change. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So uh, again, get vaccinated as soon as you can. 16 and over. Let's all get on board. And as we say, sleeve up for childcare. Go to myvaccinegeorgia.com for more information. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, my name is Erica. I work in the CAPS 
division here in Stone Mountain. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is, if a decision has been made to allow scholarship administration to continue to work from home due to the increase in productivity? Well, Erica, that is a great and very timely question. Um, and so, yes, we did uh, make the decision and have made um, an announcement just recently to all of our CAP scholarship administration specialists um, that they are going to be able to work from home on a permanent basis. So um, this is all as a result of COVID-19. So maybe one of those silver linings for many of our employees. So um, just as background, our, our CAP scholarship administration staff um, were housed at, on Capitol Hill in the agricultural building. Um, and when COVID hit and we had to send any, everyone home, we obviously sent them, them home very quickly um, with very new equipment. And they've all done fantastic. Their pro productivity is up. And so um, we thought we might as well give them an opportunity um, to have a little bit more flexibility and continue to work from home on a regular basis and have complete confidence. Um, that they will continue to offer um, excellent customer service to our CAPS family. So, yes, that um, information is accurate and very new, hot off the presses. <laughs> I was going to say we're breaking a little news here on Decal Download. That's kind of uh, exciting. And this is one of those things we've talked about on previous podcasts about there are aspects of things we're doing in the new normal under COVID-19 that we may continue doing going forward. And this is a perfect example um, and, and what a credit to all of our CAPS employees that they not only um, succeeded, they really exceeded our expectations when it comes to making that transition, being flexible, working from home and continuing to do excellent customer service. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They've been they have been fantastic, have not missed a beat. Um, I'm very proud of uh, as you know, Elizabeth Casser has kept me up to date. They haven't they haven't missed a beat with the new routine and the new equipment that they had to get used to. Um, and they've done a great job. And so I hope that um, they see this as a, a reward for that um, yeah. with a little bit more flexibility to be able to work from home on a regular basis. Added benefits uh, yeah. there and kudos to the entire team. That really is uh, great news and great work. Um, although I'm going to miss seeing you in the agriculture building. I do like <laughs> dropping over there because right. it's a nice place to hang out. All right, uh, we've got time for one more question. Uh, a little seasonal question from uh, a very familiar friend of ours. Hi, my name is Diana Myers and I work in the nutrition division here in Decatur, Georgia. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is, we have now officially hit springtime. So the flowers are blooming, the bees are buzzing, the birds are out and about. I know we'll be seeing baby birds soon. With this comes some of the peak growing season in Georgia with fresh strawberries and fresh asparagus. What's your favorite springtime meal to eat? Thanks, Commissioner. Uh, well, thank you, Diana. What a good question. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to a change in weather. And uh, we change, you know, our cooking a little bit. We do definitely do a lot more grilling outs um, for our springtime menus. You know, anything from chicken to steak to salmon. Um, I do um, hope that I can go pick some strawberries at Washington Farms in Bogart, Georgia. It's uh, uh, loosely related now. My, um, my nephew is married to married into the Washington family and they're doing strawberries this year. And so I'm hoping we can go pick some of those strawberries because on their Facebook page, they look quite good. And my son, Charlie, loves strawberries. So strawberry will be a good addition to our springtime meal too. 
he married into that strawberry money. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, strawberry money. Yeah, it's Washington Farms in Bogart, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> a shameless plug. That's right. Uh, for those folks. Uh, another quick update here. The Jacobs family has a new addition. And by the way, it's not what you think. Don't let that rumor uh, get out. You guys have a new puppy. We do have a new puppy. You know, our um, we've said no for a long time and I don't know what happened, but we caved and um, we have a new puppy. His name is Toby. He's a cockapoo um, and he currently weighs five pounds and he's really cute, but um, he barks a lot <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he bites a lot. So it's like uh, more work than an infant. Uh, I feel, feel pretty certain. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say it because we have a new puppy too. And uh, that's, that's where we've landed is it's tougher <laughs> than an infant. Uh, I, somehow, but, um, so Toby, we'll do a little check-in every now and then with Toby to make sure he's okay and Appreciate he's that. fitting in well, everything's going well. Yeah. Or, you know, our children love him. They're in love with him. They don't have to deal with all the, uh, you know, the barking because they're at school most of the day. Um, but he'll have to come meet Lainey. I think maybe they could be friends. I think a play date is in order. They look a lot alike. They actually they look like they might be related. They so, do. uh, that's great. All right. So, uh, yeah, hold us accountable here on the podcast. We'll keep you posted on Toby uh, and we'll keep you posted on that donut that the commissioner. That's right. That's right. Every week or day or whatever uh, with Krispy Kreme. All right. Good, good uh, explanation there. And thanks, Diana, for that question. We will have her on the podcast uh, coming up in the next week or so talking about uh, the Georgia Farm to Early Ed Summit that's coming up uh, pretty soon. So stay tuned. Time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to a question. Email your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. And we have brand new prizes in, including passes to Skyline Park at Pont City Market, Chick fil A gift cards passes to the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame, gift certificates from the school box, quality educational toys, games, learning materials, and school supplies, and passes to Stars and Strikes Family Entertainment Center, bowling and arcade fun. So you're going to want to answer this question. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers and you'll win the prize. Here's the question. The Aspen Policy Acceleration Partnership is an 18-month grant valued at how much money? The Aspen Policy Acceleration Partnership is an 18-month grant valued at how much money? Send your answer to decal download at decal.ga.gov. Again, we'll draw one name from all the correct answers and you'll win one of our very nice prizes. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs. <laughs>